We meet today in Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 8. This is an evening prayer, the plea of the Son of Man and those who plead in his name. In chapter 3, we saw how David was fleeing from his son, yet he got comfort from the fact of knowing that God would lift up his head. He even said, I would not lose a sleep. I would go on finding my sleep because my comfort is in God. It basically provided what you would call a morning prayer. But now we are moving into a section where we see an evening prayer, almost to say David, still knowing that God will protect him, God is with him, and he commits his cases to God. In chapter 4, David calls on God to hear him. As he does, he reproves, he warns, and counsels his enemies. And you would say he is actually reproving, warning, and counseling his son to begin with, and all those who had sided with him. David shows his comfort and confidence in God. That is what comes out even in this psalm. This brief psalm divides itself in a wonderful way. Again, you will also notice that the psalms are written in such an orderly way. It divides itself in a beautiful way. First of all, we see a cry in verse 1 to verse 3. And then we see a correction from verses 4 to verse 5. And then a confidence in verse 6 to verse 8. What a wonderful even euphony that comes. Cry, correction, and confidence. All of these, David cries to God, but he also corrects and rebukes and giving counsel to those who are missing what God is doing. And then he expresses his confidence in God. This psalm also, before we go into it, has a musical inscription. The musical inscription says, To the chief musician with the stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Now, to the chief musician is found in the superscription of 50 psalms, about 50 psalms, you have that to the chief musician. In all probability, it is a reference to the choir director. That is a reference to the choir director. The Hebrew word nignoth means with the stringed instruments. So in other versions, you would see nignoth. It appears in the superscription of seven psalms and specifically in chapter 4, in chapter 6, in chapter 55, 54, 61, 67, and 76. You would see that superscription in seven of those psalms. Probably this psalm was played as a solo on a stringed instrument. Now, the background of Psalm 4 presumably is the same as the same background of Psalm 3. What is it? David is running away from his son, Absalom, and he has fled out of Jerusalem. He crossed the Kidron Valley and he is running away. 
This psalm now begins with a great cry. The refuge of God in the time of trouble is always a prayer. And God is their shield as we have seen. So the great cry begins always turning to God in time of trouble. That is a wonderful experience. Where do you tend to, my friend, in your time of trouble, in your time of great need? Do you turn to God? David turns to the Lord. And so he begins this cry. Listen to David. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. This is an honest cry. This is an honest heart that is speaking to God. He acknowledges that God has relieved him in his distress. But even on the current circumstances, he says, Hear me, Lord, when I call. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. This prayer also shows his utter dependence on God. This prayer also shows David that he is not going to be able to help himself. He is not self-sufficient. He is not even appealing to his military expertise, but he depends on God. No wonder he is called the man after God's own heart. Let's make a few observations of the words that are used even in this first verse. There is the word distress. Distress here indicates pressure. The pressure of life. The pressures are great. And in the context here, David had pressure from his son and from all those who had reason against him, who are now wanting to eliminate him. Remember that they were saying, David no longer has the help of God. Pressure, distress, and in life we have many pressures. Pressures are even too much in our day, and we need the encouragement that we find in the word of God. Here David acknowledged pressure. We read in Psalm 145 verse 18, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Oh. David was speaking and calling upon God in truth, and God is near. Again, in Psalm 50, verse 15, we read, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. What a promise, what an invitation to you and me, my friend, in your day of trouble to call upon the Lord, and he has promised to deliver you. But when you are delivered, you also have a part to play. You glorify God, you praise him, you give him the credit that is due him. We often sing the song that when you have been blessed by God, do not forget to glorify him. Have you been blessed by God with many blessings? Has God been so graceful and merciful to you? Have you glorified him? Some of us have been blessed materially. Some of us have been given good health. Some of us have been given wonderful families. Do you give glory to God? 
But some of us even called upon the name of the Lord when you were in trouble, when you were in sickness, when your body was wrecked with pain, but now you are in good health. Do you glorify God? In Isaiah 65 verse 24, God tells us, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Oh, what a promise. It means God is even seeing the needs that we have. Before we have even called, he will answer. Before we even speak, he hears. So when we actually speak, we are simply fulfilling what God requires us to do. But he already sees the very things that you and I need. Psalm 18 verse 6 is a very personal one. It says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. That is a very personal one here. David realizing, I called upon the Lord and I cried out to my God. He heard my voice, and God always hears my friend. In Psalm 55 verse 16, we are told, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Psalm 86 verse 7 says, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Finally, Psalm 91 verse 15 says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. This is wonderful, my friend. God promises to be with you and me in trouble. This is why I said, although these Psalms are specifically referring to a specific historical time in the nation of Israel and also to David, yet they speak to us today. They can personally be applied to our current situations, wherever you may be. You see, Psalm 91 says, He shall call upon me and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. The Bible is just filled with these wonderful promises. The cry of the psalmist in Psalm 4 is that God be with him. You can also cry to God and ask him to be with you in your situation. That is just from verse 1 of Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4 verse 2 says, How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? You see, he is crying to God and he even now cancels the ungodly. He cancels those who are taking the wrong side. How long will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? In other words, David is saying, you are being misled. You are being misled. All you sons of men is actually a title of honor or dignity. And that means men of prominence. The psalmist's appeal is perhaps to Joab, Abishai, or others of his own party whose activities were a disgrace to him. 
Joab's trickery and falsehood were especially well known. That is revealed in 2 Samuel chapter 3 verse 27, chapter 20 verse 8 to verse 10. And so he says, how long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? They were not telling the truth. They were siding with the wrong company and they were even using falsehood. Psalm 4 verse 3 But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. This is wonderful. As he counsels those who were on the wrong side, he even challenges them to say, Know that the Lord has set apart for himself, him who is godly. In other words, the choice of who is going to be on the throne is not man's decision. It is God. And the Lord will hear that one when he calls to him. How wonderful God is. God will hear our prayers. David's quiet confidence that he has been set apart to God enables him to feel certain that the Lord will hear him when he calls upon him. You almost feel the sound of the Apostle Paul who is saying, I do not mind the judgment of men. I do not even mind my own judgment. The one whom I am a servant to is the one whose judgment is more important, specifically in First Corinthians chapter 4, when he talks about those who were judging them not in the right light. God's judgment is more important. And here David is saying, by the way, you might even be going with Absalom. You might even be coming up with all your plans. Know that I am in a business that is God-given, God-appointed, and God-anointed. And God will make sure that his plans are never frustrated. And when I call him, he will hear me. A godly man saved and set apart by God, has the same certainty in any generation. God gave David a promise that he will become a king, and Saul sought after his life, but he Saul could not find him until the scepter came upon his brow. God gave a promise to Simeon that he would not die until he has seen the Christ, the Savior. And until Jesus was presented to him in that temple, Simeon lived. God promised Paul that he would stand before governor in governors in Rome, before emperors. And until that could happen, even though they stoned him at Lystra, he did not die. Even though the shipwreck came upon him, he did not die. Even though a vicious serpent stuck him there and they thought that he would collapse at once, he would not die. Why? Because he is a person with a promise. This is the same confidence you see in David when he said, But the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call him. You see? Then David here gives two verses of correction, which is really a sort of a warning. Psalm 4, verse 4. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still, Selah. 
You see, Paul expressed this same thought even to the Ephesian Christians. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Ephesians 4 verse 26. Now, you see, the sinner should consider his actions each night upon his pillow and repent of his sin. You see, this was an evening prayer. And even as you go to sleep, remember that if you go to sleep and pillow your sin without repenting and confessing that sin, you will be brought to judgment. Be angry and do not sin. He is giving them wonderful counsel here. And even that counsel was also applying for him. Although he might have been angry with his enemies, but he decided he would not sin. Psalm 4, verse 5 to verse 6. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. Again, this is David's counsel. He counsels them to put their trust in the Lord, to offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Many people say, nothing is right anymore. Oh, how we need the Lord to lift up the light of our countenance upon us. And suddenly when the light of the countenance of the Lord is put on us, we can know that there is righteousness. We can put our trust in the Lord. It is still a lie of the devil, a lie of the enemy that says there is nothing good that is going on. There is good. Only the good that comes will come when we are in the Lord. That is why David ended by saying, Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. Why? So that we will not say, who will show us any good? For the Lord himself will show us any good. And there is good, the righteousness of God. Put your trust in him. Psalm 4, verse 7. You have put gladness in my heart, more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. You see, David was like the rest of us. His heart failed in the time of trouble. Around him were unbelievers, his own people who were mocking him. And here we hear, God is not going to do anything for him. But God did do something for him. They were mocking, saying, God is not going to do anything for him. But here God did something for him. We, put, we hear him saying, you have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that the grain and the wine increased. You see here, David found that God was good to him. And God is good to us all the same. Even in the season of no expectation, God is good. Now, notice how this evening prayer, this evening psalm concludes. Psalm 4, verse 8. Psalm 4, verse 8. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Oh, I wish I could go to sleep every day like that. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. 
There's a song that says, I sleep like a baby because I know the Lord is watching over me. Babies go to sleep and not worry. They just know that the parents are looking after them. That is the kind of feeling you see in David. As he goes to sleep, he knows God enables him to dwell in safety. As for David, there was gladness in his heart, the type of gladness that is enjoyed by the farmer at the harvest time. I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for there is nothing to fear when the righteous are in a right relationship with God. There is nothing to fear. You walk around like a lion, the king of the jungle. Why? Because your relationship with God is right. My friend, do you need a sleeping pill at night? Have you ever tried Psalm chapter 4? You don't need a tranquilizer when it comes to finding sleep. Read Psalm chapter 4 and it will be a wonderful tranquilizer. It will be a wonderful sedative. You can sleep. It's a lot better than any brand of sleeping pill you have ever used. The confidence that you have in God. Oh, how wonderful these psalms are for us today and how much they will mean to God's people in that coming time and how much it will mean to any of God's child who seeks God's comfort. I have been comforted. I do hope, my friend, you too have been comforted even in some of the adverse, difficult situations. In your troubles, find the comfort of God's word. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475